What's going on, everybody? This is Harm from the Six Green Apples podcast. Hope you're well. I hope your affairs are in order. It's been a couple of weeks, but we're back. Um, in front of me, I have my man, Raj P. What are you saying? Hey, guys. It's Kobe Bryant. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> is that awkward? I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> did you just say, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kobe Bryant. I did. You're a terrible piece of shit. I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what else to say after that. I'm kind of like done with this podcast a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Listen, that was the most horrendous thing I've said this whole mm, podcast. I don't know. And I promise you I'm not a dick <laughs> and I say some sort of insightful things. Oh, man. I just haven't been funny or like obnoxious. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're in for a doozy. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, I, uh, you know, that was tough for everybody. I think it was tough for you too, I would imagine. Dude, I, when I found that out, like... Harper, he texted me yeah. in the middle of like like a work day for me, like at a conference. And I was like, yeah. I, I got to get up. Like I, I was like, I don't even care what you're talking about. I don't care where you're sitting at. I don't care what you're talking so about. So what about what about that like hit you so hard though? Kobe's death. Just like, you know, I love basketball. Like I've loved it for so long. It was the sport I loved. But like Jordan as a kid made me love basketball, mm. right? Yeah. But I grew up on Kobe. Like... It's been 20 years watching him. Yeah. Right? So, like, my teenage years to my 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 adult years, watching, idolizing what his work ethic, everything he did, like, yeah. his how hard he worked. Yeah. I've never been the LeBron's the greatest. I've been like, he ain't Kobe. He mm-hmm. ain't Kobe. Like, like, I'm against LeBron in L.A. Like, he's, he, he's yeah, going. Yeah. doesn't matter how many rings he wins because he's doing it under Kobe's name. That's sure. just how my mindset has always been. And sure. Like, this guy literally ended his basketball career and started another stage of his life. Won Insane. an Oscars, right? Like started, started going into like businesses and as an entrepreneur, like the fact that he gave up on basketball and his daughter was like, yo, I want to, I want to be a ball player. He did so much for women's sports since hmm. like, you know, he daughters. saved women's sports. eh? No, he's done so much for it. Not I'm easy. saying like, it's because yeah. his daughter wanted to play basketball. And, like he, he very much believes in, he does believe in women's sports. Like he's invested into it. Like yeah. it's just crazy. And yeah. like he, this guy rode a helicopter, like with the same pilot so many years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also was crazy about it. I didn't realize this. I was reading an article. It's the same pilot Kawhi uses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kawhi sounded like a robot though. He sounded like, he's like, Oh, go to another pilot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just nuts. Yeah. It's just, I think, that, I think it was tough on everybody and more people than like would normally care about it because of the story, obviously, with his daughter and yeah, and the narratives that were built about him, um, and the other people too, like the stories behind some of those parents. There's one story I was reading about how it was a father, a, a mother, and a daughter, the mm-hmm. youngest daughter, yeah, and their 17 year old daughter is alive still because she wasn't on the helicopter. Wasn't that thing a coach or something? No, or isn't someone. isn't isn't Kobe's daughter? No, no, no. no. I'm talking. It was a family that was one of the, the part of the nine. Uh-huh. Like, imagine being a 17 year old kid and your whole family just died of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's tough. Fucked. Like, I feel bad for the whole yeah. family. Yeah. Like the whole nine people I feel yeah. bad for everyone. But it's crazy how like there's certain people, like certain pop icons. I guess you can say like that, like affect us all. Yeah. Right. That make you feel that. I think. Whoa. Well, 
I think this one especially because it was done so randomly. It was like someone who's just getting started again, second act, you know, 41 years old. I think it makes you think about your own mortality more. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm however age. I'm 35. You're 34. Like, yo, shit can hit the fan whenever. And that's the thing that's fucked up is that you can't call it. You you don't know when you're going to go. And, like, most people have not made peace with that. That, like they are going to die like you your life will end mm-hmm. like no one thinks about that and then when something like that gets thrown at you it's tough to deal with i don't know i was really upsetting but like i thought it was beautiful at the same time that he died doing the thing that he you know loved doing most t- training with his daughter taking them taking a family you know being the person that he's supposed to be and so you know. I love I love to seeing that like the entire sports world. Yeah, I mean that been, that was gonna happen regardless. But I'm no. talking about just the the thing, the takeaway that you can take from that course, to be like, I, that's what life is. Right? I mean, like, I mean, yes, of course. But yeah. I'm saying when I see the sports world, I mean, forget about basketball. Like this weekend in the Super Bowl, the fact that they had like a tribute to Kobe. Like he didn't play that or mm. football. He played basketball. Yeah. Right? The fact that like football players are like yeah. mourning him. Yeah. The fact that Tiger Woods literally got off the course and his caddy was like, Kobe Bryant just died and he like broke down. Yeah. You know, and the fact that like it's because it's a symbol, right? Of yes. of, of what that is of, of Hard being work, yeah. determination, yeah. dedication. Yeah. Like yeah. the the fact that he's just doing so much more after yeah. life after basketball, like we're saying, like it's just it's nuts. Yeah. What he taught so many people about work ethic, like insane. Yeah. R.I.P. Kobe. Yeah. What time do you normally go to sleep? This is the problem. I've been sleeping late. Mm-hmm. I sleep. I probably lay on my couch, YouTubing it, till I fall asleep at 12, and then I run to my bed. Or not run. I fall to my bed, and then I'm up yeah. at like 6 yeah. or 5. Is your wife asleep at that time? Yeah, that's why I'm watching YouTube on the couch, because she's like, fuck you. Like You're going to watch stupid videos. Get the hell out of the bed. So what kind of content are you looking at at? Not like, like dirty I, content, you no, freak. I'm, I'm just asking you what type are you? I don't know. It's just all the stuff that like on my recommended page that like I, I finally have time to watch. So Which is like what? Like shoes, fitness, hip hop, movies, and a lot of reviews. On what kind of content? What kind of reviews of what? Like just maybe television movies. Give me specifics. Reviews. Give me specifics. It's just random stuff. Like move guys I'm not the type of person that like do you do you read reviews or listen to reviews before you before you consume content? Because I'm the opposite. I'm a I don't I stay away from that mm-hmm. until I've I've consumed the content. Then yeah, yeah. let me consume all the reviews yeah. and that. Yeah. So a lot of my review recommended stuff is on stuff I've watched, movies sure. or shows or music. So it's 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 I don't know. I don't That's, search. My thing is I don't search on YouTube. Yeah. If you ain't coming up on my recommended page, go fuck yourself. You know what's my favorite content and I don't get to watch it too often is like (laughs) not on YouTube um, is like people who restore stuff. Right. So there's like there's like this like paint restoration. Some dude from Chicago. I've seen he'll spend like like 45 minutes restoring like a painting and then he'll like he'll have a voiceover of exactly what he did and why. And he'll throw his philosophies. That's super dope. And also what's super dope is when like there's these guys like in the Amazon or in the jungle and they're like making huts or houses like all out of like primitive like technology. That shit's mad ill. Right. 
<laughs> that and what else? I guess ESPN a little bit, just as much as I can tolerate. And, um, you know, random lectures of smart people saying stuff. That's kind of where I'm at these days. This is what happens when you get old, you know? You're either dumb trash like you, numbing the day, or you're trying to get inspired to see what the next move is. I get inspired on YouTube too. Do you? It's not really. Do you? Yeah, a lot of business stuff. But like it's, like I said, it's just like nighttime. Yeah, nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Asleep. Isn't that weird? Like I'd rather watch a seven minute, like, you know, like a series of like seven to 12 minutes. Do you not videos. watch ball at the end, at nighttime, like a late game or whatever? I guess it I depends do, on the team, right? I do, but I'm like an uncle where it's like the sports is on and then you're on your phone. Oh, so you're doing like seven things at once. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know how sad that is where it's like some people are like, oh, I just want to watch like Seinfeld and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, no, 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 let me watch like four seven minute videos. Yeah. And by the third one, I'm already asleep anyways. That's, that's yeah. the new generation yeah. of trash yeah. with the TV on. Yeah. So um, what else is going on, man? How you living? I'm tired. I've been nonstop busy working. Let me ask you a question. So you're now, I would say, in your current life on cruise control, would you say? No. It's not cruise control. No, I got a promotion, actually. Oh, snap. Congratulations. Yeah. Talk to me about that. I didn't even know about this. No. I know you were eyeing this for a little bit. Not the one I wanted, though. Okay. So tell me before and then what kind of like led to this whole thing. Um. So the reason why we have podcasts for a bit is like I've been busy with work. I had, a, I had to run a little conference on my own because the, my colleagues that I work with were kind of on vacation. So, and then we all went to our national sales meeting. Where, which was, where was that? It was again? in Dallas. Okay. And I was asked by my manager, like one of my, my direct superiors, um, to do a talk mm-hmm. at this conference because mm-hmm. I, you know, not to toot my own horn. I, I really, I'm really efficient in my job. Sure. And I'm, I utilize all the tools that they gave me and I find better solutions even, you know, I know how to make it work for me. And so at the end of my talk, um, she just promoted me <laughs> like right there and then. Oh, wow. Of, she heard you say that and she's like, no, no, no like, like she, bars. It, it was kind of like, she set you up for that. She set me up for it. Right. It was pure. So like, did in front of everybody. Yeah. Damn. And uh, so my, my talk. That's kind of cool and nerve wracking at the same it time. It is because like people were like speech. I'm like. You're totally uh, putting the spot and it's yeah. like what? And so my, my talk was kind of like a breakout talk for people. Like there's 27 of us in our group of people of out of the whole company. So mine was just in, in that group and it was on the first day. Yeah. And it was cool because after that I had everyone in my role kind of like look at me like holy shit like he got promoted like i have only been with a company for exactly 11 months at the time mm. so the fact that i got a step up was great yeah um i beat out some other people who have been here for quite some time sure um on top of it's not the position i wanted okay mm-hmm. and i was i was happy because i got a pay grade i got it changes a lot for me actually mm. but not the one i wanted i sure. want to be a full medical sales territory manager sure. differences is like it's kind of like real estate you own a piece of the land and you get yeah. to sell it and like the money you get to make is yeah it's yeah. life-changing it's Vers- not like i say it's life-changing versus now is it's good it's really good but it's there's a difference between really good and life-changing yeah, yeah right yeah. what you can provide for your well there's something else for you to look forward to then and that's it so i had a talk with our our director here in canada and uh she was just like like i know you want it 
And so I haven't fulfilled that position yet for a reason. You know, you guys, you and your team are doing really well. And I just need you to learn a few more things in Mm. terms of the clinical products, the clinical side of the business. And she's like, if you learn that, she's like, it's, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So So she's giving you incentive to push to that next level. And she is. And I, I thought that was really cool because she doesn't want me to fail. Yeah. Right. She doesn't want me to get stuck with like a large quota. And then it's like, you're going up against competition and you can't speak science mm-hmm. cuz she's like you can sell you can you can understand the business but you don't that's one aspect i want you to learn and i was yeah. like wow i've got leadership that believes in me and and yeah. giving me a pathway i'll be honest with you i haven't worked a job in like 10 years mm. right almost like however long it was yeah. that means this is the first promotion i got in a company in a long time damn they gave me an award and everything there and i was like this is really cool yeah but the cooler thing was when i left a lot of the management team came up to me the next, the whole weekend. Yeah. And was like, you know, shaking my hand. Like we've heard nothing but fantastic things about you. And like, do you mind if my reps come to you? And like, can I like, can I trust you to like help them? Cause they're struggling. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like a lot of people are like leaning on me. Yeah. So since I've gotten back this past week, like I've literally been like getting calls a friend center from like my peers and from management. Like, how do you do this? Like I'm coming to you because you seem to know what you're doing and it's cool that I'm helping other people, but I got to make sure that my, like I don't lose track of my job either. Does it feel validating to be like, I'm in a position where people are looking at me. Of course. I mean to to be well-respected and to be, to be looked at it at someone like this guy will probably know what's going on. Like for example, today someone called me because they, they were having trouble with one of the, our routing tool for like literally our, our travel routing tool. Yeah. And they're like, I am having trouble with this. I'm like, should I just email um, it? I'm like, you could, but let me try this one thing. And I, I got them to change one thing. I literally had no idea if it would work, mm. but I just thought process wise of how we use the CRM, this would make sense. And it did work. Yeah. And it's just like, that was rewarding. I know yeah. it because the the fact is that people are like, I could go talk to IT and I can go wait like 48 hours yeah. or I can call this guy and like he might be able to figure it out. Yeah. So, so how, how important do you think is validation or like purpose in your job, in your job now? Really good. Yeah. Do you think you lost it a little while but in your last venture when you guys were off on your own a little bit? Yeah, because when when you go on autopilot mode, yeah. and I think you know this too as an entrepreneur, yeah, or in anything you do, let's say when you go on yeah. autopilot mode and you don't have direction and you don't have the sense, yeah, of accomplishment and achievement, and this and this sounds screwed up, but like when you're making money off like that and it becomes very passive, mm. like like. You, you know what I'm talking about. You could be sitting there and be like, money's coming in. Yeah. But there is no sense of achievement or accomplishment. You you lose it. You sure. lose your mind, you lose your drive, right? Yeah. And so doing a lot of like the hard work and then yeah. getting that recognition, that validation for other people, it's rewarding. 100%. Even more so than the dollar value associated with it because yeah. people now associate you with success and and... and so that's, and so that's so that status matters to you. Yes, but it's it's status because people are looking at you like you are excelling. You're you're you know they're, they're looking at you like you're brilliant. Right? Okay, so this is where this is where it gets interesting for me a little bit, because the way that you're framing it is that um, 
maybe in your other work or maybe just in your life or whatever the case is, you run autopilot and you're kind of like, all right, I need to, I need, I need to like get something going. Chasing the thrill. I need some thrill to be chased. And, um, my understanding is that the money is good, obviously, but more importantly, the status that comes with it is what's kind of giving you that, that edge, that little bit of like, that little bit of like, um, you know, edge in your step or whatever it is, chip on your shoulder a little bit. Yeah. So where do you think that need comes from? It's just drive, I think. I think it's self-drive. Why do you get up in the morning? What are you doing? Well, that's that's what I want to understand is that like that that need to have the status, right? And this is kind of like, you know, a step into a bigger question or a bigger thing, whatever it is. It's like what compels a person, and I'm asking you in this context, to need the status to be validated about themselves. And I hope you don't think I'm picking on you or making fun of you, but this is a real psychological process that you've gone through. And you in your mid-30s, when you, like myself, like you're finding new purpose. And so this is kind of like a segue into what that all means for you. So when you break it down, it can be, and we talk about like a job, it can be any job, sure. right? You could be a manager at McDonald's could be a medical sales rep you could be physician you could literally be an entrepreneur who has a clothing company <laughs> when you're recognized for the work that you're doing mm-hmm. and your peers either you know say i really enjoy being around this person mm-hmm. they push me to do better they you yeah. know they you motivate other people you lead them or your company says hey we couldn't be here without you so like when you get that sense of gratification and value, I think it's a drive to for you now to succeed even more because you feel like you're you're not spinning your wheels doing something with with no end result. Like you kind of feel like you're part of that that puzzle, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's and like a bigger purpose than just you you kind feeling, of making feeling your money like the gap. You know, you're yeah. not just a factory line worker yeah. clocking in and you know, if you don't clock in, someone else will clock in and that that yeah. Whole you, line feel, work. you feel the work you do and the impact you make makes a real change. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think, the drive and the motivation. And that's why I use all those examples because it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It really doesn't. But the minute you lose that drive and the mm. minute that it comes where it's, that's kind of why we fell apart, like doing our, like running our business because we didn't feel like. Yeah. We were let solving me, an idiot. Let me ask you a question. So everything that you're talking about, you know, feeling part of something bigger, wanting to like, you know, be, be connected, all that stuff is all beautiful and it's all great. And anybody listening would be like, yeah, that's something to strive for. Yeah. My question is, can you do that? Or how do you feel about doing that without getting the recognition and without getting the status that you comes can. with it? That's why people quit. That's why people leave. Like, you know, we were, we I'm were saying, can you do the same? Can you find yourself finding the same impact and being anonymous? No, I don't think you can because so we, we what I was, what I was just trying to say is, I have a couple of friends up within my company, but it's crazy because we, we're spread across North America. Yeah. We talk on the phone. I see them like now I've seen them twice, three times. Right. It's crazy to think, but I, I chat with them a lot. Yeah. And so we were, you know, we were, I was literally just texting someone right now from work. Yeah. Um, she's a really good buddy of mine. Yeah. And, and like, I literally lost an award to her. She, she beat me by a little bit, right? We were just talking about how the fact that like 
so many people have left and they've gone to other companies because they're chasing that that val- like that validation or to be better and they're spinning their wheels right like it, it, you're you're going to keep going oh I, I didn't get the recognition here i'm not being successful here i'm going to go to the next another company do the same thing and spin my wheels there so you're still you're chasing that that and you just end up being at status quo Make sense? And then what happens when you just keep going status quo to status quo to status quo to status quo? You burn out. So you're saying there's a deeper thing they're not addressing? Yes. And what and do you think that is? They're not internally looking at why they're not solving and getting to where, where they want to be, right? Mm. Instead of in, instead of saying like, why am I not being successful? Like, why is this person better? It's like, they're not looking themselves in the hard mirror and saying, what do I need to do to change and improve to be a better person at my job? Yeah. And afraid about sales, because that's what I'm in. But I remember in any other company or organization, there's people that do it all the time. You know this. How many friends do we know where they're like job seekers? You know, job seekers okay like they're always they're always changing every year okay every year, right because okay. what is it well they, i have a, I have no, a friend no, no. i'm mm. saying what is it like are you will they ever look in the mirror i think it's i think it's the in inadequacy or the insecurity that they feel and then try to find that somewhere else but then sometimes too you know i'll look at my wife for a great example where she just got a recognition at, at work so she she's not in sales but she just won excellence award for bell you know, Bell being one of the ma- be- the number one, arguably, or one of the telecommunication companies in Canada. And she's in operations. So the fact that, like, they always have a couple awards that they give out for non-sales teams. But the fact that she won it in, for operations is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think back to her and her journey to get into a company she strived for. She was always looking. But it wasn't because she was just spinning her wheels. It was so hard for her to get into what she could excel at you know doors were shot at her i personally think because of her name right people oh you know they don't want to give her that 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 chance because they didn't want to hire nothing person that may may or not be the case i personally believe it and there's challenges because people always said you don't have the credentials you don't have the you don't have the work experience no one's going to give you the work experience but you got to keep trying 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 but even when she finally got her foot in the door here, she worked her ass off to get mm-hmm. into a management position and she's worked her butt off to go hire. Mm-hmm. And for her, you know, she doesn't want to leave her job because she sees success on this ladder going there. Sure. The only way she would leave is now. if So she gets poked, I think unless another company came and been like, damn, like we're going to bring you in for like a two times of a step of a job. Yeah. I see her then leaving for that because that's a career. Yeah. And if pressure. it falls in your lap, clearly no one's going to, you're going to, you're going to look at that with a different, right. But with a different oh, view, but I still think there's so many people out there that just, they spin their wheels at a job and like they like again they just don't look at themselves in the mirror and say like why didn't i do better so you know what's funny you're talking about people i would say i'm one of those people i would say that since you know since i left teaching right mm-hmm. i think i was spinning my wheels trying to figure out where my place is and don't get me wrong like i haven't been failing i've been failing upwards right but I've tried everything under the sun. Like I haven't communicated a lot of this stuff because I don't really post it or share too much about it. But I went from, you know, like being really early in like YouTube, which is something I never understood and never wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, Then like switching gears and then started working with like 
you know, Jigmeet and all that stuff and doing politics and then having like a small creative studio and helping like everybody in the GTA for people, you know, that mattered businesses. Then like wanting to gut that and then starting a restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Being in Kensington, doing all that stuff and going to union and then also, you know, doing committee members on the side and then all these other little ideas that I had in between. So I think you're 100% correct where you don't get validation or you don't get the support or you don't get the the w in one area Mm -hmm. and you're like all right let me just jump to another area so like at the same time i'm building skills so it's not like i'm losing in terms of like what i'm learning right but i'm literally failing everywhere that i go Mm -hmm. i'm literally taking one l going to the next one getting a little bit of success taking an l going to the next success even moving to ottawa right working for the political party over there working on, you know, redesigning, rebranding, like dealing on. I failed. I failed going up there. It was a great year to live and enjoy and do my thing, but I failed up there as well. And I think word to you, the only way things for me, as I've communicated to you now have, I believe are starting to go the way that I want them to is because I actually looked at myself. I stared myself and I'm like, what is the truth Mm -hmm. in all aspects of what I'm doing? It's not the skill, it's not the capacity, it's not the want. Or mm-hmm. is it the want, right? I had to literally sit there and, 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 and figure out and think and be like, yo, what is it that's not allowing me to like be free in, 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 the, in the things that I'm striving for? And so the reason why I'm, I'm it's funny because it's kind of full circle talking about this. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but it's so amazing for me to have such laser focus and at this point in my life and once again i'm 35 having laser focus at this point is something that i never thought i would have i never thought i'd be this laser focused but i had to do you know what a lot of people probably wouldn't want to do which is like shut down doors close close my office, do this, do that. You know what I mean? Not, not work on projects that are like feeding you, but like, you know, having to figure out the next or the bigger thing. And, you know, I'm not saying anything other than to say, I totally understand what you're saying when people are spinning their wheels. And it's amazing to see how much can get, you can get done when you actually look at yourself and you ask the questions, what's preventing me from getting what I want? Because you're watching basketball more and more and you're consuming more sports a little bit than i've ever known you to yeah i think you can kind of understand now because you're like athletes like rest in peace kobe i love you because that guy that guy is dedicated and like he i i remember learning about dedication through sports all the time yeah 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 and athletes if you think about any athlete Kobe's a great example of this, like, cause he excelled in basketball. Yeah. But I'm talking about any athlete. Just look at the average hockey player in the NHL for God's sake. Right. Like how much time did they have to give up at like age 10 to get into hockey? Go to age 14, like six. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they didn't go to a normal high school because they got drafted to the OHL or whatever, like yeah. whatever province they were in. They didn't go. Most of them don't go to university. They got drafted at 18. Right. Like, dedication and giving giving it your all like you learn a lot from sports that's my point i'm trying to get to is that like and that's why i resonate a lot from like athletes because athletes literally 
you give your heart and soul and like can you find love yeah of course is is how how their home life different than the average person who has a nine-to-five job of course but what they put into their career and and their work they're able to provide so much more for their would, families and their friends i would say it's like, even one step bigger than that is that yeah. dedication to a a calling, a passion, a desire that's like un, unrelinquished, no unvetted. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like unparalleled to anything else in life. And this is the thing that I want to like talk and, about. And but wait wait, 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 one more second though, just to go back on that. When I said when I said earlier that like it, this wasn't the promotion I wanted, right? And I told you that my director was like sat me down, was like, I know how bad you want it. Mm. Okay. What she was telling me is like. You could go into that position right now. You could get drafted, okay, and you could go. But let's go back to the athlete conversation. Yeah. She's like, I don't want you to be the average athlete who burns yeah. out of the yeah. league in a year or two. Yeah. Gets injured and they're out. Yeah. She's like, I want you to be like, what she's basically saying, I want you to be like a Kobe. I want you to be like, like, and no, it sounds yeah, she silly. wants she wants you to set you up for success, not exactly. just to get the job and then exactly. fail and then screw And it was over. like, you're of just course. missing two more skill sets. Like, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. and when you get those, it's like, you're going to be a force yeah. to be reckoned with. And yeah. to me, I was like, okay, I got back from my meeting and it was like, time to go to work. Like, what more do I got to do? Yeah. And when I say I'm so exhausted, it's because I'm working like, like eight till seven yeah and then i'm taking a break i'm eating i'm relaxing with my wife when she goes to bed if i'm i'm doing extra work i'm doing like my i'm doing like school work i'm doing like, like yeah, how yeah. do i get better like yeah. how how do i craft myself in my yeah. field yeah that's the thing and i know 100%. i cut you off and you want to say something but yeah. that's just to kind of bring it back to that yeah well no just just to finish my point was that like the biggest thing that's missing from south asian people is sport they want their kids to learn math, sciences, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. No one's taken away from what, what they focus on. But to get that killer instinct of actually wanting to be someone and get something, you only get that in the most sincere way through sport. And some people aren't going to be the best and they're going to be, you know, participate, participate. They're going to be participants and they're going to not do great. But the ones that you can get that are motivated, that are like, focused like the life skills that you learn the failures that you have to go through how hard you have to work to get that thing most people do not feel and And i think and i think that is the thing that like if i in my future with my kids the one thing that i'm going to focus on is sport no matter what 100 for myself and also with my kids and then and that i think it will be the the difference difference i think because you can, let's be honest, man. Like, think about every desi kid you knew in school. Yeah. They were competitive, but they're competitive in the wrong ways. And they were literally the most socially awkward people because they get social, you know, they get like book smart competitive. They want to be the best person. It's not even that. book smart. No, no, it's, it's, no, no, no. I can be told what to do the most. No, 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 no. Like, I'm talking book smart, right? I'm talking about that. The, at the end, when you come out of a math test, right? Yeah. The desi in the, and kid that's sitting outside, you'd be like, what did you put for question four? Yeah. They knew the answer. They just wanted to be, they, yeah. they needed that validation. They were yeah, smart, yeah, right? Yeah. I come out and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I knew I'm like, yeah, I failed that, but I'm going to go play. I'm going to go do something. Right. Like yeah. I don't care. Yeah. 
they those are the people that have like social anxiety and so like social problems later in life because mm. they were competitive in the wrong areas. They were striving to be better at like, and I'm not saying I'm not saying don't be bad at, at book smarts and, and, and schoolwork, but the social aspect of the competition. You know what I mean? We go relate it back to sports, and sure. it's different. Well, I think I think the key also, since we're using this analogy for everything, uh, the difference also with South Asian parents, I would argue, is is the thing that they don't do, is what your manager or your superior did for you. Yeah. They're like, "Yo, you got it, but you're not getting it right now, yeah. right? Like, you need to get a put, kick in the dick. Not even kick in the dick. You need a punch in the butt. That's what you need." Kicking the dick puts you out. You done. A punch in the butt's like, go get in there, champ. You got you got these two, three things to go, and you're going to make it happen. Even if you're not there, even let's just say she doesn't even think you're ready for the promotion. Mm-hmm. She has put that battery in your back, right? And it's not to go against you. Obviously, she's doing this to set you up to be better. Mm-hmm. But look how motivating it is. Look at that, that reassurance, that support. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that like parents... In general, and I would even say South Asians, they don't know how to give they credit. Don't. They don't know how to celebrate your wins. They don't know how to give, be constructive to be like, okay, this is where you're at. Where are you trying to go? Let's get you there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I don't know why I'm saying all this stuff. Maybe it's because I'm older and I'm like reflecting and being like, these are the things no, that it's I need. True. It's true. But even people listening to this younger, like, yo, don't blame yourself. You know what I mean? Some things are taught. You just have to work through and unlearn those, unlearn that. You can't. Word to what you're saying, you have to, if you're spinning in your wheels, if you're not going anywhere, if you're just like, yo, everybody's moving around me, but I'm not, you have to look at yourself. You have to look in the mirror and be like, what is it that I'm not doing that I'm not taking seriously? And I think that's like the biggest change yeah, for it me. It took me time. 30 years to get there. Like it took I, me 35. I remember. <clears throat> 35. I remember because you were OAC, I was not OAC, mm. right? I remember I was, I was the first double cohort yeah. victory lap boy you know like i was I'm like i'm gonna do oac grade 13 i'm gonna do it like everyone else did it that that i i look back i'm like that was truly the f- the first time i should have looked myself in the mirror from a professional standpoint and be like you're not staying back because it's cool you're staying back because you fucking failed like you should have you <laughs> should have progressed life, yourself man. no no but i but you know what that was a great example where i didn't push myself and there's a domino of effects of where I didn't keep pushing myself and I didn't look myself in the mirror and say like, yeah, what could you be doing better? Right. Yeah. I chose the college route because I was like, oh, I'll just like figure it out. And like, yeah, yeah maybe I'll go to university. I'm like, yeah, it was very passive all the way through. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. And I don't want to say that you no, have you're to right. know everything. You're right. But it comes back down to looking yourself in the mirror and working yourself hard instead of going through the motions and like yeah. spinning your wheels. Yeah. And when you're able to do that and you're able to unlock that, some people do it at an early age. Mm. Some people are like us and they just do it in their later days. But when you do it, trajectory, like you're there. Uh, One of my buddies sent me this thing and he's like, yo, this could have been you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, whatever his opinions, yo, you could have, this could have been you saying this to people and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't know about that, my guy, but let me play it for you. And then you tell me what you think. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put the mic to the sound. If not, I'll dub it afterwards. But 
I want to send a fucking message to anybody that looks like me and any other kid of an immigrant, maybe. This idea you walk around with, that's an American idea, that you deserve certain things. You don't deserve a single fucking thing. Right. Your parents, our parents who came here literally with eight fucking dollars, didn't get here because they thought anybody owed them dick. And they came here with six fucking bucks in a country where a language they didn't understand and a culture they didn't understand. And they built from fucking nothing because they knew... I don't deserve shit. I get what I earn. I eat what I kill. How the fuck we lost that so quickly disgusts me, and we need to cut that shit the fuck out. Mm. You're not American. You don't deserve shit. Go get it. Go mm -hmm. be great, like your fucking parents, who are hopefully still walking around and looking at you every day. That's all I need to say. Can I, can I relate this back to... Take that in for a second. Take no, no, that no, in for I, a second. I am. I, I know exactly what I want to say to this. So my question to you is that do you agree or disagree with what he's saying? Yeah. People have lost it and they feel this sense of like nothing is going to come my way. No, he's not saying that. He's saying that his parents, their generation busted their butt. They put their head down and they worked their asses off. And then the kids, the offspring, are expecting to get the same value, the same riches, or the same ideas uh, that their parents should have gotten and that they're expecting that. And he's saying that that's like you're, you're a loser, you're dumb, or that like you, you're, you're wrong to think that way. And my question to you is what do you think about that? I agree, but I'm looking at it differently too a bit. I'm saying this because I feel like, yeah, I agree. I think people, I think we look at, there's a lot of first generations, if you will, that have this self-entitlement thinking things will be easier for them. But then they get to a certain point where then they're like, well, certain things won't come my way because I'm not this, I'm not that color, I'm not, you know, things aren't handed to them. But it comes down to people don't want to work hard like their parents did, mm. right? And part of it is because, you know, we've talked so much about how like South Asian parents, like they don't, they don't show love, they don't show affection, right? Like you just talked about how they didn't value sports, Right, they didn't value that that compassion. What does sports teach you? Treat or teach you? It's, it's to work hard. Yeah, the goal or an idea. Yeah, every single day because life and and what you're doing, what you're focusing on is damn hard. Mm. There is a reward at the end of it, but you have to be willing to put in the work. You have to get better. You have to practice at what you're doing. Those are all the values you can learn from like sports, and that's sure. kind of what you were saying. Why you want? So, to what do you think the it. disconnect is? Why do you think these people don't understand that? Because. Again, going back to like the first generation idea is that your parents worked so hard for it. Your parents did everything to so you could have that go to school, come home, have clothes in your back, eat some food, right? Like, and then it was like, oh, just do your homework and things will come your way, right? Because in their mind, it was like, well, if I do all this for my kids, they'll just get, they'll, they won't have to work as hard as I did. So it should be easier for them. Wrong. Your kids have to see how hard you work and they have to realize how hard you work because they have to want more and they have to work even harder so that they don't so who's to So who's to blame in this context? Parents. So once again, two things. He's saying that kids, you're an idiot. You don't deserve shit. But now you're saying it's not the kid's fault. You're saying it's the parent's it fault. It is the parent's fault because the parents didn't teach the kids of how hard they're working for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kids devalued that because... Look, I'm a prime example. Okay. I got everything from my dad. My mom kept saying no. 
Yeah. Right. I, I want, I want a PlayStation. I got it. I didn't really have to ask for much. I have to do for much because my dad's point of view was like, if he gives it to me, I'll be at home more. I'll play it and then I'll kind of study and kind of, you know what I mean? It'll kind of balance my dad's perspective. It was like, it'll balance him. He's not out. He's not doing other things. Like he's at home. His was if I give this, this thing, he'll be dumb around me rather than outside. I guess. Yeah. And also like, you know, you, you want to provide for your kids, right? But you're not teaching them the values either. Right. Whereas like if my dad would have been like, okay, you want it that bad. It's this much. Um, you need to go work here. Let's figure out how much, how much is it like on an hourly wage? Like, you know what I mean? Like broke it down and then force me to go get a job or something or like force me to go deliver newspapers type thing. And they took my money, you know, and then taught me even taxes, you know, like, like, well, tax, well you made seven, but three fifty goes to the government. So I'll be the government. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine like what your work ethic and value would be at like so that what, age? So what you're saying, so, okay. So to officially respond to this guy, so this guy's name is Akash Singh. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's who that guy was. Um, I understand his spirit. I understand what he's trying to say, but I think he's missing the key point that you're saying is that parents work so hard, but forgot to raise their children. Yeah. They worked at the expense of their kids. And, and then when it's their turn to do the same, they've, they've been given the PlayStations. Like you said, they've been given the access or the, or the, the luxury or whatever it is, even basic level. But they're not given the value. They're not given the skill sets, like you're saying. And we go back. You know, remember like last podcast talking a lot about my my cousins. Sure. Right. And I was talking about the one who's like, you know, he he's rich because he the way he's living his life. Right. And yeah. He's a doctor. He worked hard. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the one who literally works for the bank. Okay. He's not a doctor. My name is oh, okay, right. Okay. He's just he's happy because he, he spends his money the right way. He saved he saved enough in values. Right. The way he raises his two daughters is just like that. Yeah. You know, he he's he's actually not even a first generation. He's an immigrant. Yeah. He came here when he was eight. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He's like a half C. Okay. But but the point is is that you know and he's raising his kids like that way like his eldest daughter has just been like oh I want a car you know ever since she was like a kid when I get to, when I turn sixteen and I want to you know, I want my car okay cool he taught her like this they started going auto trader like right then like let's start looking how much a used car is let's figure out how much hourly wages right every time hourly wage would go up before she was 16 he would tell her teach her about taxes right like he was always doing that kind of stuff and like she values a lot of it now too of course and i'm not saying that he doesn't buy her things and doesn't spoil her a little bit but he does it in a way where he'll reward her but she works hard yeah my nieces you know his daughters now they're bluefin. Like she was a bluefin before she was sixteen. She could literally teach people how to life, like how to yeah, yeah, be. Yeah. Like, she could be a lifeguard, but she wasn't at the age of yeah, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. she's a black belt already. She's yeah, fifteen yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. She's a tutor, like a math tutor. That's how she's getting a cash right now to save for things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like she, she's a hard worker, straight A student. Yeah, like yeah. she's been taught the hard value, and I think I I value how he parents because he's like the mix of both. Yeah. You know? Of course. And here's that. the comfort, but here's the values that are yeah. behind it. Yeah. And like, yeah, like my, my response to this guy and to kind of say, I mean, you're already ex- giving the examples is the idea that it's, it's very easy to just blame, um, millennials. No, no, no. I'm going the other way. Blame millennials, blame generation. Yeah. What's the next one? Generation Gen Y. What are they? I don't know what they're called. 
I think that's that those are the kids that are popping now. It's so easy to blame them and plus with internet, social media, yeah, like you're disconnected. But it's mm-hmm. like what happened to the parents? Where are parents being parents? Yeah. And I'm not looking at this and being like, oh, you know, like, you know, it's your job or whatnot, but I like, you know, word to you, like I didn't have any of those luxuries. Like my parents didn't come here to be like, yo, we're killing it, so you guys do that. Like like they've been struggling since the day they met, like the day they came here and we're, we've been helping them since I was 13. And so I haven't got, I personally haven't gotten that, like, you know, that, that type of, um, the luxuries that you're referring to are the ones that like the Sakash guy says that people have gotten. And so I've had to personally learn through that. I've had to go through that and be like, yo, these guys aren't teaching me the things that they're supposed to be teaching, but it's because they never got taught that right in america it's different people are there on the point system you got to come with some money and you got to come with some credentials and they're usually at the top of the food chain so i understand that they're doctors they're you know these kind of people that are in the states mainly it's not really family based like it is in canada where like you yeah, can just hire whoever but right? yeah i'm but, saying generally generally like like at least you know last 40 years that's how it was right? yeah but i was gonna say like a lot of those people that did come like they, they also, did the same thing though they spent all their time learning and then putting themselves into places to succeed. And then some parents would be like, all right, let me put you on. But most spent time working rather than raising their kids. And so I would argue rather than having better yeah. luxuries to give to their kids, if they taught them better values and didn't have that, then it would be a, a, yeah. a much different game. And it comes down, I think it's just that that disconnect from a parent where it's like, well, I give, I have all this money so that they can go to school and live a good life wrong because if you're giving them something without the value behind it there's no value. there's no want yeah there's no need that's the biggest thing that want and that need right yeah, yeah. um i've got relatives in the u.s and i can tell you except i you know some of them have no value of education right because everything kept getting giving to them it's crazy like it's yeah it's crazy okay let's see if there's one or two questions that we can answer um and then i need to tell a good dick joke or something i haven't said shit it's been too serious <clears throat> i mean it's late night you know and sometimes you don't get what you want you get what you deserve right is that a dick joke <laughs> i mean maybe. <laughs> is that a subliminal dick joke maybe maybe okay so um let's see what's in here i feel like people don't like it when i say serious stuff just want me to just want me to be that guy, you know? I can't always be that guy. Okay, let me ask you a question because it's 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 I'm gonna ask it my way, but then we can kind of tap into this. Do you maintain a relationship with your sister? Mm-hmm. And so what's the age difference? Six years. Okay, talk to me about that. We have ha- we we had a better relationship when I turned 19 and because, so before that was a little bit, Oh yeah, tougher. it was terrible. We yeah. didn't get along. Like as she was good to me, I think when I was a baby and a kid and then as it became like, you know, somewhere from elementary school up till high school, she was just, we just didn't, we didn't vibe. Like we didn't get along. She, she and I fought like cats, cats and dogs and it was a bad relationship. But when I was like 19, 20, we would go to movies together. Like it was a little bit more like, okay, he's kind of like an adult and it's a bit better since, since obviously she's been married. I'm like very active in 
her kid's life and stuff. And like, I'm very active with my nieces and nephew and it's good. You know, she's actually one of the first people in my family I told when I started going to therapy. Mm. Right. Like I w- I just told her, I was like, I'm like, so seeking do you, help. Do you think you have to maintain a relationship with her or are you guys just friends? She's she's to context. She's married, has her kids, doing her thing. No disrespect to her, but I always feel like I do more. Sure. Okay. I feel like, and it's a want. And this is again, and I'm going to talk about me and therapy. But like, this was one of the topics I talked about when I started going because I was yes, I started going dealing from work, but I started dealing with these family issues. Like, why do I, why do I have this feeling of needing to? you know be there for everyone why do i have this feeling of like i have to do something for everyone well i think it goes back to what you found in your work yeah it's the validation of being wanted or needed or respected and that's what i started you know struggled with and so again with my you know my sister like and i can now look at her and understand why she doesn't need to talk to me like for two three months at a time but when she does talk to me and tell me something it's because even if she's complaining about my parents or if she's complaining about something, yeah, it's not because she didn't care about me for two, three months or different. Mm-hmm. You know, she's wired to pretty much understand and be like, I'm always going to be her brother. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So she doesn't need, and I understand her better now because she doesn't need to talk to me every single day, every single week, every single month. Yeah. She needs to talk to me when something is affecting to her. And if she can connect with me and I can be there for her, mm-hmm. that bridges that relationship. Mm-hmm. I understand that about her now more. Yeah. Whereas before, I didn't understand that. I used to get upset by it. I used to get really in my you mind. Used to get offended the fact that she didn't want to talk to you or, or sit you with the, me or be with me. Like yeah. you know, like why it takes so many years for me us to like go to a movie together and like like hang out and be brother and sister. Yeah. And so, do you that, think it's important though in your thirties? And I don't know, she's forty now, I guess. In the yeah, age, she's yeah. forty. Like, do you think that's important to still have that uh, the relationship? Absolutely, because. I want to be part of my, my nieces and nephews life. Like, mm. like I, I love those kids. Like they're like, yeah, I, yeah, like I, I genuinely love them and I want that relationship. I don't want to be the, the, the estranged uncle yeah. to their life, you know, that they see every two, three. And sadly right now it's coming to the point where they only see me two, three months, but they fa- they want to FaceTime me. They want to call me. They sure. want, like they want to tell me about things too. Right. Like, I actually just saw her at the at the basketball game. You yeah. know, she brought her whole kids there. So like we I made sure even though we didn't get a chance to meet up for lunch before, I had to go see them at the game. I had to go see sit with them like So do you think your connection to her is through her kids now? It's more so, I would say. Yeah. Because of the fact that they look at me and they have that connection with me. Again, I'm not that stra- strange uncle. Yeah. They want to talk to me. They yeah. want to see me. And that's important. Yeah. What about you? Me and my sister have always butt heads. Since literally I was like three and she was one years old or whatever the age difference is. Literally since her existence, me and her have been always fighting. Um, and now she's married and on the other side of Canada in Vancouver area. And I can tell you that I don't normally talk to her. I regularly don't talk to her. And if I do talk to her, it's like in our family group chat once in a while. Or, you know, she'll if she'll come back to the side of the world, we'll chat a little bit. Um this might sound wrong, but it's like, I'm totally happy with us having that space. Right. Because it's tough being in situations you don't feel natural. 
and like you know you have you have you care for them like i don't think that ever goes away i think you you know love them in some level right but you just can't deal with people sometimes and i think the need of needing to be close is like an issue like you said you won't need it to be close to the mm-hmm. sister and she didn't care but now you guys can do it in a natural way where mm-hmm. there's no one pushing and so what if it's through her kids right yeah. so what who cares you still get to be exposed and you still get to hang out and you still get to like be the rounder but there's a better purpose that kind of brings you both together and the question here was like how do you deal with um you know siblings uh moving on or or, or you know having that space once they've kind of moved into a different uh, area. But I don't know, man. I think it's okay. Just let the chips fall where, where they land and, and, and just let things happen where they need to. Like, there's no, there should be no need. But I'm telling you, the minute your sister has kids, yeah, and that's, that's going to change. And, and that's the beauty is that I don't need to concoct a scenario for the closeness. It will happen naturally. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm, it's all about things just happening as they need to. And right now it's good that she's over there doing her own thing, building her own kind of like foundation in life. Because if you have an escape, if you have like a reason to like run away from where you're at. And sometimes people do that with like siblings and like family and stuff like that. Like so many women I know, like kind of like will have a fight with their husband and then like dip to their, their parents' house. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that in itself but like knowing that escape is there shows that you don't have to deal with the problem head on yeah i hate that rule i hate that idea what running to your parents yeah i think i think i think there's 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 a level of immaturity and a level of like escapism attached to that and i think once again if you're not going to look at yourself to be like yo what's what's really in front of me yeah like you're not going to deal with that but But do you think wait 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 do you think you have a better relationship now because because of the move no it's kind of like it's kind of like it's not better it's just it's just dead and like dead as in like like before we used to fight and argue and i would always feel uncomfortable and i would be like all right like i'm older now i can't like fight on every single issue so i had to kind of like look the other way or had to like you know make space for something and be uncomfortable and be tight and like all those things now i'm just like i don't have to deal with that right and i said like i said at one point things may operate the way they will and you know, family, kids, all that stuff will usually bring people back together. But like, I'm happy to not have to deal with that kind of thing. Right. But back to what you were saying in terms of um, parents and running back to your parents or things of that nature. This will be the last question. Then we'll move on from all of this. It seems like many people in our community are getting divorced these days. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And what do you think couples need to do before and during their marriage to keep it alive? So, so let me ask you the first part. Why do you think people are getting divorced so easily? Because they're not talking and they're not facing the problems head on and they're not going to seek, you know, get, get a third party, mm-hmm. a non-biased third party. But what's like a simpler reason to say why they're getting divorced? They're running away running away right think about that question that we answered yeah a few weeks ago in the which last couple what? of podcasts which about the what? girl um who talked about her in-laws getting divorced mm. and then you know she wanted to leave and run away and yeah. we talked about that right like yeah, it's yeah. very similar to this situation right mm. you remember we said like if you don't address the problems head on first 
and try to map it out. And it could be that the two people just aren't compatible, but that's okay. I think that's like number one though. Yeah. But if you don't come to that resolution and figure that out, and I, that's why I said a third party, mm. a neutral party. When you go to your sister, cousin, your friend, what are they always going to They're your support system. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, your own support system is going to be on your side. Yeah. But they don't know the whole, they don't know both sides. No, they're always going to just retweet whatever you're saying. Yes, yes, of course, yeah. that person's terrible. Yes, yes, of course. And that's not healthy. Not at all. If, you know, like... If I told you every bad thing that I don't know, I shouldn't say bad. If I, if I told you about every argument I've had with Harpery and like I'd things, probably hate her exactly, and I don't do it. Yeah, I keep my life. You got to keep that stuff separate. Yeah, right. Because you don't you don't want to get that biased opinion. Yeah, so that's number one. And number two, yeah, two, the people could also just be terrible for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, in our community, we're not we're we're not confined to date. Or sorry, we're, we're confined from dating. I mean, what do you mean? Well, we're, it's not like you come home and you're like, mom, this is my girlfriend. Let's have roti. Right. Okay. It's yeah. like mom going to the library. Well, I mean, I feel like that's what it was in the nineties, but that's not I, how it is I now. I still think it's, you didn't have to go through that. I a hundred percent did. My parents like, Oh word. Yeah. My parents know like it, maybe not now with this generation, mm. I would say the gen Ys of the, you know, the the true second generation there's maybe okay. it's not like that now okay but our generation we had we, not me i didn't deal with that but yeah but a lot of people did hide him saying a lot of people did kind of live in secrecy and then like when even when they go to university right it was like oh i can have a girlfriend yeah, yeah, or boyfriend yeah. or whatever like, and sure i just think that you also didn't learn enough about yourself because that's a young age where you that self-exploration like I learned a lot because I just did it behind my parents back and like I knew what I needed liked and didn't like and if you don't do that at a young age like and then can you imagine if your first time you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend is in like second year university (laughs) what what gen what ends up happening you didn't really you don't really explore through that time of your life either Mm. you just probably partner up with someone and you you stick it through to the end of university and if you get married great and if you don't you break up the end of my world oh my god my friends are not gonna like me anymore like that whole group circle is gone like i have to go back home and i have to find someone new yeah. you know it's like devastating uh, you should have been devastated when you're like 15 yeah but most people don't know what the hell's going on at age 15 no but like that kind of teaches you that grit kind of teaches not, you that like that i would i mean at 15 i knew i was shy to just even tell someone who i liked Sure. So, like, I can't have, like, real-world relationship experience at age 15. I'm saying it teaches you about rejection. It teaches you about that grit. It teaches you about that, that's like, not the issue. On. None of this is the issue. I think these people, just like I said, they're they're not compatible because they never... Maybe they never really just experienced life beyond that one partner. And, and they learn to live with each other's flaws instead yeah. of correcting each other's flaws or yeah. telling the other person what they like and don't like. Yeah. The other thing you got to remember, too, is... We talk about this all the time. People keep change. It's like we're we're conditioned to change every four or five years mm. and grow, and, and and you know we go out of these cycles. You might fall in love with someone at age twenty one or twenty two, but when they get out of school and they start work, it's almost like they're a different person. Yeah, right. So you have to be able to willing to change and adapt with those people, and if you can't, you're gonna like hate that person you're <laughs> with. Well, two things. Uh, well, not with two things. One thing. Well, the thing that you're saying is that there's actually no fundamental need to be in a marriage anymore. Yeah. And what, what I mean by that is that it's a want. Yeah. Because 
there's very little social stigma. Um, people, women don't want to be abused by like generally men in that context who don't understand how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like a desi guy and a desi girl and you're both dealing with it and you're being abused, why would you deal with it? Fuck that. Peace out. Right. Especially today's world. It's not taboo. Like I think South Asian culture, especially back on the other side of the world, it's all taboo. Everything that you don't, you can't communicate any of that stuff. Right. Unless you're both Fabi Desi and you both, and like, you know, you agree. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, I'm saying that fear, that yeah. fear is what kept you in there. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and just, I talk to my mom all the time now and being like, yo, like you, you try to get me to be or someone that you want, but it's like, you don't have what I want. So why are you pushing me towards the ideas? You know, like, my mom in her marriage, you know, had to deal with a lot of rough shit. And it's like, why are you pushing me towards an ideal that you didn't, you weren't satisfied in, you yeah. know? And I think like, you know, people listening to this understand like, yo, I'm 35 and I'm chilling. And some people might be like, wow, how can you be 35 and chilling? Other people be like, damn, 35 chilling. Okay. But I know that like, I don't have that need. I don't need to be married. And because I don't have that need, it's easier for me to deal with women. But if you're in a place of need, then you're never going to get it right. It's just true. You're, you're, you're on some level spinning your wheels. It's the same thing because you're trying to get out of one situation. You're trying to deal with an emotion that you can't in one situation. So you're trying to jump in another situation to deal and, with and it. And some people settle, right? Like some people are just like, oh, I'm like 27. And if I don't find someone now, I'm going to be 30 and single. And then like the dating pool smaller and so it's this not per- though no, no it's not at no, all no, no, no hear me out so they're yeah. like okay well this person out of 10 things 10 qualities there are four yeah they got four check marks i like they got six <laughs> i hate yeah but you know what? i'm gonna deal with those six. Oh man let right? me tell you i get eight out of the 10 and the two i can't deal with because that's all you focus but on think about it right so the how many know. people you know i can tell you i know a lot of people that like that like take that four great check marks mm-hmm. and and compromise yeah. with themselves internally yeah. yeah but you can tell people their souls get eaten alive fuck that like this it's all the same thing same thing that you're saying before where you know you're spinning your wheels you're in a situation you don't want you don't have that drive like i think it just comes down to like how how badly you want to live the life that you want and i know that sounds kind of like stupid or redundant the way that i'm saying it but it's like how many people are actually being like, yo, I want a great marriage and I want to learn what constitutes as a great marriage. I want to learn from people who have great marriages. No one's doing that. Yeah, man. You know, even no one's doing that. You know how many people within my company have told me like this, this is a career. This is a marriage killer career. Mm. And they're like, you sure you want to like just keep investing into it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so what's the difference? It's not a marriage killer. No, I'm saying why, how are you able to now to answer that second part? We're not, okay. What is it that you do that works? Well, when we were, when I had my company and like I were, I saw every single day and it was like a nine to five, like, you know, I could come home. Like we did a lot together, but we didn't value the time together. Mm. That's the important thing. We didn't value. It was the same stuff, the same routine. Right. And that gets stale. You don't focus on each other. I can now confidently say that five years into marriage like we go on dates and it's so enjoyable again yeah it's like we're dating again how often do you go 
we for a minimum one to two times a week oh, at least wow. once on the weekdays and we were better now doing on the weekends before nice. we weren't doing as much on the weekends yeah family stuff friend stuff like but we focus more on us now we mm-hmm. finally started pushing other people out it's yeah. us yeah, yeah and like this is why i'm saying like yeah like it's not a marriage killer at all I'm like it's a marriage killer because those people don't have the drive to make their marriages work. Mm-hmm. I come home after like a road trip, like two, three days. It's, you know, it's like, you're, like I'm a, like an artist on tour. I'm coming home <laughs> with my girl. Yeah. And I want to make sure that she knows I'm not coming home and putting my bags down. It's like, what have you done for me? Yeah. I'm letting her know I, I haven't been home for three, four days. It's like, I come home, like I got to bring flowers. Like in my head, I got, what can I, I haven't seen my girl in like three days. Like mm. she better know that she's the most important thing. Yeah. And I miss her and I want to see her. Like I need to spend enough time with her yeah and how does that make her feel i can't speak for her but i imagine it speak make, must make her feel good yeah and there are times where she's like okay rajiv's coming home like i want to do something for him right like whether it's like cook me a meal that she knows i really like whether it's like hey you're home what do you want to do yeah. right like it's just that or like let's go here like just that affection for one another like that wanting to do something for the other person and not make it stale it's great yeah, yeah. So I guess the word is effort. Yeah. And just, you, I, I didn't realize how much I want it more. Like, yeah, it comes back. I'm not spinning my wheels in the marriage. I'm not spinning yeah. my wheels like day to day. Like you yeah. appreciate that other person more. Crazy. So on that note, I want to end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we've started a new Instagram, Six Year Apples. Uh, I wouldn't know. I ain't on Instagram. <laughs> follow it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start throwing some stuff on there. Things I'm thinking about. Um, you know, books, quotes, I don't know what, what else is Instagram for. Um, and you'll be able to be up to date on when we release new product in terms of podcasts. So 16 apples on Instagram, 16 apples.com. Ask us questions. Peace.